It's the afternoon cruise here on Jazz 88. I'm connected with Adam Levy. He's on a short Midwestern tour, which is inspired by the release of his latest album, Spry. I just want to say a big thank you, Adam, for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. Now, you're doing kind of a uh, just a barn-busting tour. You did Carleton College last night. You're doing Fingal's Cave at Metronome in downtown St. Paul tonight. That one's at 7.30. And you're doing Big River Theater in Alma, Wisconsin tomorrow. Uh, how did last night go at Carleton, the clinic, and then also the performance? It was great. Yeah, I did a little... Uh uh, clinic master class in the afternoon. Some students came in and, and played for us and I got to hear what they're up to and people asked great questions and uh, and then the concert went really nicely. It's such a nice room mm. there. Um, you know, it's a proper theater on campus. It's, it's a great place to play. Now, Adam, for folks who aren't aware, you've had quite the career playing with folks like Tracy Chapman, Nora Jones, Michelle Andegiocello, Anais Mitchell, and more. And you've made some solo releases as a leader. Uh, but on this new album, Spry, and we've been listening to the tune Vermouth, you sort of describe it as setting out to make your dream jazz record. Now, I can imagine some answers to this question. My question is, why not make your very first record your dream jazz record? Why is now the time where you're like, okay, let's do it exactly the way I want to for a jazz record? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, well, some of it has to do with, you know, confidence, believing in myself. You know, you think this many years into my career, I, I wouldn't have issues with that stuff. <laughs> But um, it takes time, you know, it yeah. takes time to, to figure out w who you are and, and, and what you want to say and then what's the best way to capture it and who, who the people are that you'd want to do it with. So not, not to say that my earlier records weren't also dreams come true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I made a, I've made a couple of organ trio records with Larry Goldings. Those were... Uh, felt like dreams come true. But for this one, I, I really just wanted to think like, okay, if I could put together a trio and play with anybody, who, who would it be? And and the, the band that my that kept coming to mind for me was this band with Joey Barron on drums and Larry Grenadier on bass. Well, you know what? I think it is a dream come true. And, and one thing I hear in the record is a little bit of... Um, self-confidence that I think you only get from decades of doing it. A, you got to have some self-confidence to be like, I'm about to call Larry Grenadier and, you know, and say, hey, <laughs> hey, play, hey, play my stuff. And, and, and you're certainly in the company of great players like that. But the whole record sounds patient, secure, and confident in a way that you know, I think a lot of younger players struggle with. But you, you three sound great together. And I thought it was beautiful to hear that Joey Barron, who's played so many different corners of the jazz world so beautifully with his drum kit was really eager to play your style of blues writing and, and I, I, I dig the tunes that are more bluesy but like uh, what do you think he hears in your blues writing that made him really want to make that part of the uh, part of the offering when I had first started writing the music uh, I reached out to, to Joey and, and he was asking me you know what are what are you working on? How are the tunes coming? What's what's it like? And he said, you know, I really hope that you bring some of that blues flavor. And it, it caught me 
a little bit by surprise. I, you know, for people that don't know, I was I was a member of Joey's band um, in the late '90s, early 2000s. He had a band called uh, Killer Joey with two guitar players, myself and Steve Cardenas. And unbeknownst to me at the time, you know, Joey, I, I guess, thought of me more as the blues guy in the mm-hmm. band, and and that was one of the reasons that he cast me in that band was to bring that to bring some blues flavor you know i don't know i don't consider myself i I don't wear a blues hat all the time but at the end of the day when i'm playing jazz or folk or anything that feels like when i when i'm playing the electric guitar trying to make it sing and trying to make the guitar say something not just about the guitar but about life and and you know stories and and heart like that all of that stuff relates to the blues the blues is it's not a scale or a chord it's stories and uh it's heart and heartbreak and i i try to bring all of that out of the guitar and it's already there and just connecting with it yeah I'm chatting with Adam Levy. He's getting ready for some more performances in the Twin Cities. He did Carleton College last night. Uh, this evening, he's playing at Metronome in downtown St. Paul in Fingal's Cave. And then he's out heading out to Alma, Wisconsin to play the Big River Theater tomorrow. Uh, J.T. Bates and Eric Fratsky holding down the rhythm section uh, for him. Uh, Adam, you just mentioned that, you know, blues is not a scale. You're somebody who has been an educator for part of your career. In fact, you just did a clinic yesterday at Carleton. And there's probably a lot of 15-year-old guitar players who would differ with you, who say, I know my A blues scale. Let, let me show you my pentatonics, baby. How do, you, how do you take that player who thinks it's just, you know, the, the flatted third and, and, and whatever and actually go, no, there's, there's something deeper you have to push through this instrument that isn't a scale to communicate the blues. How do you start to tell that to somebody who's 15 years old? Man, Sean, coming in with the with the hard hitting <laughs> questions, I love it. You know what I would say to that fifteen year old is: listen to some blues records that you like, but try to tune out the guitar playing for a minute and really focus in on what the singer is doing, because that's where the blues. That's really where the core of the blues is. It used to be, if you go far enough back, there 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 wasn't always this job of being a lead guitarist, Mm -hmm. where somebody would sing and play rhythm guitar, and then you would play your pentatonic scales or whatever. Like that used to all be one person that would sing and take guitar breaks, and I think the closer you can bring yourself into where the singer is coming from and what the song is about you know these these days it more often is two people there's the singer and then there's the lead guitar player but i I think what i would say to that 15 year old kid to try to get beyond just scale patterns and whatever is try to try to um it try to integrate so that you're part of the story and and, and part of the song and, and not just a uh, an accessory to the crime or whatever, you know. 
Well, Adam, I've been giving you the hard questions, but now I'm going to butter you up. You are the man playing in between Tracy Chapman's beautiful lyrics on Give Me One Reason, right? I can remember those licks like I can remember her lyrics in the same part of my brain, right? I'm not going, oh, listen to the pyrotechnics between her words. I, I sort of remember it, it got, had a clean guitar tone on it. I remember listening to that tune. I've played that tune with bands. And that's one of those tunes where, like, if if the guitar player you're with isn't kind of copping your licks, you're not totally covering the tune. You've, you made your improvisations kind of part of Tracy's composition, which is pretty wonderful. I don't got a question to do, but I just want to let you know what you're trying to inspire 15-year-olds to do, I think you did successfully on that tune. Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, thank you. I don't know what else I can say. Thank you. <laughs> I'm chatting with Adam Levy. The man's in town. He's usually, you're in, You were in New York. You're now in California. Do I got that right for your usual resting place? No. Okay. I, I'm somebody who has moved a lot. I'm back in New York. Okay. Now. Yeah. I mean, I'm as as we speak. I'm 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 in Minneapolis, but uh, I I rest my head most nights in Brooklyn, New York. Got you. And this evening he's at Fingal's Cave at Metronome in downtown St. Paul, and tomorrow he's at the Big River Theater in Alma, Wisconsin. Now the tune we've been playing, we're going to listen to this when we're done chatting, is Vermouth, and this is an exercise in simplicity because there's. A lot of is. Am I right that there's some like practically whole notes in the melody where you're just kind of grabbing a single note, and so is Larry, and that's a lot of what's going on at the very part start of the tune. It's pretty spare. Yeah. Um, you know, I I wanted to, I, I wanted to leave room for stuff to happen and, yep. and not put too much on the page to. Uh, you know, to, to give us errands to do. I, I wanted to, to get to, to make music. Man, well, s- stuff happens, and and my question for that, I, th- I think it's a beautiful tune. I'm the music director, and that's why I was like, let's get behind this tune. And and mm-hmm. w- what I'm curious about is how do you know when to lift up your pen? When, when you're getting these things prepared, and you know in this situation, you know, okay, Larry Grenadier is going to be looking at this chart. Joey Barron's going to be looking at this chart. How do you know when it's done, when it's time to stop decorating and to start interpreting? By listening. You know, as I was writing all of this music, um, I I tried to write it all in a pretty quick burst, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, almost writing a new tune every day for a few weeks. And every time I thought, okay, I think this might be something, I would record myself just, you know, on my phone, not, not any fancy equipment. And I'd uh, and I'd let it sit, and I'd come back to it the next day and and see if if I thought it needed more or less or maybe just a little bit of nip and tuck. And I think that's the only. I don't have some like special intuition beyond just ears and time. So if if time allows, I, I always like to sleep on something and then come back to it and and try to hear it the the way that. Somebody who wasn't the composer yeah. might hear it, and, and then just uh, you know adjust as needed. Well, mission accomplished all across the record, Spry, and definitely loving the tune Vermouth. Adam Levy, you can catch him this evening at Fingal's Cave at Metronome in downtown St. Paul, and tomorrow he's at the Big River Theater in Alma, Wisconsin, and he's got Eric Fratsky on bass, 
JT Bates on the drums. Adam, I appreciate you taking time out of your day in Minneapolis to chat with Jazz88, and good luck at the shows this weekend. We really appreciate your music. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much.